Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the latest House Sports Podcast. It is mid-May. Weather's heating up everywhere. It's almost going to be summer. Uh, and Sid, I want to see if you're jet lag. You just got back from <laughs> London last night. And uh, what time zone are you in right now? Well, it's it, it, it's interesting. You know, when I was when I went to London, there was I say I left last Tuesday, and for the first couple of nights, uh, I just couldn't sleep. I, I you know I'm still on Pacific Coast time and. And I was I was I would go to bed at 1 a.m. and literally lie in bed for five hours, and then finally fall asleep and wake up at 2 p.m. And then Friday and Saturday, you know, my friend and I kind of lived it up, and so we were out until all hours, and and so I just kind of stayed on Pacific time, and I actually feel I mean a little jittery, but I feel fantastic. I, so I kind of stayed on Pacific time the whole time. Oh, I've never done that before. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. Dan and I did it last year. We went to Europe, and it just it worked great. I mean, you end up having a lot of fun at night, and and uh, you know, so I don't need to get up in the morning when I'm when I'm in Europe. So that's I, I think I'll do that every time I go there. But I did have to wake up for a maybe we'll talk about it at the end Rainbow Laces Summit with the Stonewall and Manchester United. One morning I had to wake up at 8 a.m., but I suffered through it. Well, welcome back. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about. Gay marriage. We want to begin today talking about some news last night. Uh, a month ago, I wrote a column saying it had been a year since any pro athlete had uttered a gay slur on the field, and I thought, oh, great, this is lovely. And a month later, it looks like it's happened. The streak has been broken. Last night, uh, Kevin Pillar of the Toronto Blue Jays um, sounds like he used the word, uh, the F word. Um, after being uh, struck out by a brace pitcher in a series that had been pretty chippy. And, um, I mean, apparently he did it. I mean, he basically issued a statement today saying, I don't want this to define me. He apologized to the player, even while not exactly saying what he said. But it's pretty clear that he said fag, faggot, or what did he say, faggot? I'm not sure. We, well, we still don't know exactly what he said. But from the, the video I've seen, it clearly looks like he said that. Um, and the fact that he basically today is sort of using the word, I don't want to let this define me, tells me that um, it's probably what happened. So yeah. I guess for starters, we'll see. Go ahead. Well, it's, yeah, it's probably what happened. And if it does happen, of course, the, 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 the two big things that come up are, one, what does this say about the state of sports? And, and if this particular player would accept a, a gay teammate, so that's kind of one of the debates that's that's being spun around again. And two, what's Major League Baseball going to do about it? What kind of suspension is this guy, guy going to get? Because you know we talk about whether you know whether gay slurs really mean the player means I hate gay people, which I think you and I both are on the same page that usually it does not. Um, but whether it does or not. It's still a word you can't use. You can't use it. You can't use slurs. You can't use slurs that are, that are gender-based, race-based, sexual orientation-based. And the the league has to come down. They have to do something. They can't just – I don't think they can just say, well, we're going to put them through sensitivity training and everything's going to be fine. Uh, English soccer has taken very serious 
suspension positions on players that do this, or fans that do this get banned. They can get lifetime bans if they use the gay slur in, in the stands. Um, the National Hockey League suspended Andrew Shaw for a, for a playoff game last year for for doing this. So I think in Major League Baseball, you're looking at a three to five game suspension. I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how you can get around that if you're Major League Baseball. A one game suspension in a 162 game season, it's it's not. An, I think it's got to be multiple games. Well, yeah, they, uh, Unal Escobar had written a uh, Spanish slur for a gay person on his eye black, and he got three games a few years ago. Um, this wasn't as deliberately provocative, but I do think given the fact that baseball has so many more games, a one-game suspension doesn't have the pop that it did. For example, in the case of the NHL, where you were suspending a guy for a playoff game in a best-of-seven series, it was game five. It was a huge – I mean, that's really impactful – so, yeah, I would think he would get at least what Escobar got, um, three to five games. And, you know, the, I, I, again, I think it comes down to the fact that this becomes – this is the sort of wired-in default slur for so many people of a certain age that this is the word they used. And they will say, and I agree, it doesn't mean they hate gay people. And Kevin Pillar, for all we know, would probably love having a, a gay teammate. But it's just a thing that comes out of their mouth because they've been so conditioned, and this is not an excuse. And I think it was interesting the way he said, I don't want to let this to define me, which to me was his admission that he said it, because, A, he didn't deny that he said it. He simply hasn't acknowledged it publicly. But you don't use that term if you said you, you know, use another F word that wasn't a gay slur. You wouldn't sort of say, I don't want that to define me, because we all use that language that, you know, it doesn't offend anybody. It's not a – so um, – I just think it's kind of interesting that I said, boy, my column wore well. It lasted a whole month. Yeah, and I, I got a phone call today from a producer at the CBC who said, you know, I'm a Blue Jays fan. I like this guy, and I don't like him anymore. Was a straight, I, I assume he was a straight guy. Yeah, he didn't say he was LGBT. And I said, well, I, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't kind of let this this passing reference define what I think of the player. I, you know, what what I think it tells you is. What I think he says with it is, you know, I'm 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 an I'm an uneducated athlete. I don't understand this issue. I don't really, um, you know, I haven't given it much thought. Probably, uh, it's a word that's like you said, ingrained in the back of my head so deeply, it just in a in a heated moment comes out. And I think it's a mistake for people to say, oh well, this guy must hate gay people and he needs to be kicked off the team. And you know, this means that the Blue Jays don't like. I mean, we've seen so many tweets spinning about what what it means about the Blue Jays and their gay fans. I just don't think it means that. So I, you know, I think it's uh, the, the Major League Baseball and the team need to come out hard on the guy. I think he does need to go through some kind of educational thing, and probably the whole team does uh, yet again. And I think you just need to keep you keep hammering this stuff home to keep keep having conversations about this because probably the last time the team had a conversation with this was, was when Escobar did this a couple of years ago. He he was a Blue Jay, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the, probably the last time the team had a conversation with it. Maybe Billy Bean uh, did, came in spring training and talked to the team. I, I don't know, but, you know, these these things are not the highest priority on these athletes' minds or the team's minds. And, you know, the more we push, the higher of a priority it will be. 
well, and I just looked, and he's apologized. I have apologized personally to Jason Mott, that's the pitcher, but also need to apologize to the Braves organization and their fans, and most importantly to the LGBTQ community for the lack of respect I displayed last night. That is not who I am, and I'll use this as an opportunity to better myself. So at least there's no dispute about (laughs) what he said. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I absolutely – well, then there you go. So we said it. <laughs> there you go. So you you gotta, know, we so, can update our story after we get off the air. But, yeah, he definitely yeah, exactly. uh, he definitely said it. Um, and, yeah, he needs to meet with Billy Bean. I mean, Billy's former uh, player who's openly gay now, and he's the very high up uh, – I forget what his title is today. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I think some of these people can be reached. Again, I don't – there's a heat of the battle kind of thing you say that I give people a little bit more of a pass. Not that I don't, not in a pass in suspension or not, but in terms of okay, it's not like you provocatively went out and you gay baited someone or something. Um, and the fact that he apologized so quickly and didn't try to deny it, I think at least is a small victory because at least initially last year Andrew Shaw denied it the whole first night for the Blackhawks until the next day when it was pretty apparent. It was like we have it on tape, Andrew. Oh, okay, <laughs> then I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and Andrew Shaw is now the LGBT ambassador for uh, I forget what he's playing now, Montreal or something, uh, yeah. as part of the You Can Play project. So. You know, I know people think that we're a little too easy on some of these guys. I don't think we're being easy on them at all, but I don't think you'd literally say this is a horrible human being who should never, you know, ever get our respect the rest of his life. It depends on what he does with it. And I think he has the opportunity to kind of learn from it and take a hit at his paycheck, and they should probably take the money that he's going to be paid and give it to, uh, uh, you know, Toronto Pride or somebody. I don't know, but, you know, some organization. That was done in one case, at least, where the money was the, – the fine money was then given to an LGBT organization. Well, they've done that a couple of times. I know that when, the, when the, the Vikings got caught doing something stupid, um, a coach got caught doing something stupid, they gave money to – I think it was NCLR and local organizations. Mm-hmm. So I, I, this, it's an opportunity to do the right thing. We, you know, you, you and I have both said things and done things we, did, we, we, we thought were stupid in hindsight or were or, or caught in, in the heated moment. And I think, you, get, I think you're, you should be measured by what you do afterward. I am so forgiving to people who really genuinely do the right thing, and I will bring the hammer down on the person who doesn't. And just because this guy apologized does not mean – there should not be some serious repercussions to saying this. Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. it's fine. They, they, he has taken responsibility. He's, admit, he's admitted that he used a gay slur on uh, international television in a Major League Baseball game. It's now time for Major League Baseball to bring the hammer down. And, and I, they, they have to do something. I, I, I don't agree with people in our movement who say, well, it's all about education and you know you don't want to you don't want to punish these people. You you ha- if you major league baseball you have to take a stand because if you we you and I have said forever the way you get through to these guys is playing time. Fines aren't enough. You have to cut their playing time if they do something that, if they do something like this because that is when you grab their attention. I know talking to several people in pro sports, people across hockey in every locker room took notice that the NHL suspended Andrew Shaw for a playoff game. This, this was very, very serious, and they were taking it very seriously. So the Major League Baseball backs off this because he's apologized, and everybody, you know, everybody is having a love fest. It's a huge mistake. Major League Baseball has to suspend him for multiple games.
And I, I can't imagine they won't suspend him after what they did to Escobar. I mean, how do you, how do you justify not suspending him? It may, that part of it makes no sense at all. I think the question is how many games. If you wanted to make uh, the do the equivalency, uh, one uh, NFL game is equal to ten Major League Baseball games, um, or one Major League ba- or you know one NBA game is equal to two and you know two baseball games. So I, I, I think the three three game suspension would be probably right up the alley. And I looked, and our friend Dale Scott was not umpiring last night. <laughs> Of the Open League game. Oh, geez. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll have more on that. Uh, expect some – I mean, if they don't suspend him, that would be a much bigger story, honestly, than if they do suspend him. We would be furious if he oh. gets off with no suspension. But there's no – I cannot imagine in this current environment he won't get he won't get multiple games. If Escobar, Escobar got three, he'll probably – he could get three. So, regardless, yeah, I, we'll I, be we'll – yeah, I agree. He has to be. I, I, I will be shocked. I, I can't imagine yep. Major League Baseball won't do something. Um, so um, moving on um, was interesting this past couple weeks. How many same-sex marriages we have seen uh, among high-profile athletes um, over the weekend? Diana Taurasi and Penny Taylor, who uh, Diana still on the Venus Mercury Penny, had been her teammate. And they had been uh, a couple the entire time and kind of kept it on the QT in the sense that it wasn't very public. And they got married this weekend. Abby Wambach, the great soccer player, she got married this weekend. Tom Daly, the Olympic diver, got married uh, two weeks ago um, in England. And the first uh, top 100 male pro tennis player ever uh, came out basically in a podcast last week in part discussing his marriage and his subsequent uh, having two children. So the question, it seems to me, is that I think that same-sex marriage is empowering to gay athletes in part because it makes and it sanctions what had always been something that seems somewhat illicit. I mean, if Diana Taurasi and Penny Taylor simply announced they had entered into a domestic partnership, it wouldn't (laughs) have the same thing as saying we got married. Um, what do you think of that? I've said for years that uh, marriage equality is the defining moment of our movement because it is a legal and equal acknowledgement of our relationships. And what makes us different is our relationships, sexually and romantic. So, the, so I, I couldn't agree more with you that uh, the, this, the, the marriage equality has opened the door to people emotionally and mentally living their lives equally and, and, and now having the opportunity to share something about their personal life. You know, it's, it's not about – we talk about, well, how do I come out? So many athletes who are ready to come out even ask us, well, how do I do it? Like, what do I say? I, I'm gay feels weird. Like, I, I just don't know. Like, some big announcement that I'm gay, like, it doesn't really feel right. But an announcement that I've gotten married, 100%, it feels organic. It feels real. It's something that everyone does. The New York Times, uh, daily or weekly, I guess it's weekly, uh, has wedding announcements. So the, 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 it's, it's an event um, and, and that, that, that reflects who you are. And so it, it, for those athletes who feel weird about just making some weird some announcement that I'm gay, uh, they now have the opportunity to say, well, I'm married, and that's an actual event in my life. 
Well, that was the case with Brian Vahali, uh, the tennis player who retired a few years ago, but injuries, but the the impetus was a podcast with John Wertheim from Sports Illustrated, just about his life after retirement, but he segued into the fact that, well, you got married two years ago, and it was a natural way for Brian to talk about it, because it was clear during the interview he was not totally still comfortable with talking with the idea about being gay, and he didn't want to be known as the gay tennis player, or be labeled as such, but he was able to talk about his marriage and then his him and his husband uh, getting two kids through a surrogacy, uh, two twin boys, that sort of you can see him spark the way he talked about that in a much more comfortable way than discussing the fact that he was gay. And if Brian had simply been in a 10-year living relationship with this guy, I guarantee you the podcast never would have come about. Because yeah. the hook on that podcast was, you know, Brian's relationship with this man. And so the fact that it was sanctioned, I mean, I went online and I found their old wedding registry, you know, and I, then I found their baby registry. And everybody knows those things. They've all, everyone, even if you're not married, has, you know, been invited to a wedding or a baby shower or whatever. And so it's a way that it make, it made it easier, I think, for Brian to talk about this subject that still you can tell he's somewhat wrestling with. And I think the same thing with uh, we saw with Elena Deladon last year when she came out. I mean, she came out basically because I think it was Vogue was doing a story on her, and she didn't want them to ignore the fact that she had a wife. Yep. You know, and that and and so this was slid into the story as sort of oh by the way she lives in this you know Delaware estate with her wife, and it was like was out sports that kind of said, oh, shit, she just came out because she had never been out yeah. before publicly. But yeah. she did it in such in her way, a way that made it socially. She was obviously more comfortable talking about that than simply saying, oh, by the way, I'm I'm a lesbian. Yeah, well, and, and again, I, I do think so much of it is about that, that comfort level, that being able to to just to, to, to have a um, – a life event. I, I think that is that, that's hugely important to people, and it, 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 you know, it does feel weird to just say, you know, I have a big announcement. I'm, I'm gay. Like it, 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 it does feel a little odd. And so, you know, I, I think that you're going to see a lot more of it. Um, you know, it was, uh, and, and a lot of the relationships are why people come out in the first place, even though they weren't getting married. You know, Tom Daly meeting Dustin Lance Black was a was a big impetus behind why he felt comfortable himself. He'd fallen in love and this now felt natural. And so our relationships are a very natural reason for us to, to come out and share who we are. And I, I think it's just awesome. So it's, you know, it was, it was really cool. I saw, I saw you posted. I'm on a train. I think it was, I think it was headed, I was headed back from Manchester on Monday and I'm on a train and I see you posted Diana Taurasi and and I was like oh that's neat and literally the next thing I clicked on was Twitter and Glad was congratulating Abby Wabak. I'm like oh wait what does <laughs> yeah I saw it was kind of like it was wedding season and then we had daily just a week earlier and then the then Brian's story that had that um, the podcast came out last Thursday. What's also interesting too is that these things are now a matter of public record. So if an athlete even retired gets married, there's a record of it somewhere. And yeah. all it takes is a reporter to stumble across the fact that two, you know, two guys got married and want to have to be an athlete. That it becomes a thing that you can't you can't hide that. Meaning that's public information, right. and it's it's acknowledged. So if you're going to be married, again, it's a more socially acceptable way. It seems um, 
for people to do that. And, and in essence, you're saying, hey, I know that this may be discovered, not that it should be a, you know, a secret, but I think that's another thing about it, too, is that we may see more of this, especially with former athletes that have long been out of the limelight, that it's like, oh, I didn't know so-and-so was gay. Well, they just got married. Yep, yeah. Well, it, it, it's it, it, it's also you know a moment of of total celebration that that when yes. you get you know it's it's what's somebody gonna say? Well, oh, I hate that you're like you've fallen in love and are married. Yeah. Like, it's just I, I don't know. It's just it's I don't know. It it, it just feels good, um, you know, when when somebody does that. And I just think we'll see more of it as we go along. And I think especially you'll see it again among retired athletes because. They will simply have to, you know, they'll register somewhere, and one of their friends will see it, and they'll wish them on Facebook, and and then, well, oh, God, I didn't know Brian Fahali was gay. And so that's kind of yeah. cool. Um, let's talk a bit, and you can take the floor now. You were at a, it's called the Rainbow Laces Summit, so before yeah. I babble on and try to guess what it was, why don't you tell us specifically <laughs> what it was over in Manchester, England? Well, so um, the Stonewall UK is a, the big LGBT rights group in the United Kingdom, and, and they have ventured more into sports over the last couple of years. And they, they've been working with Football Association and Premier League and some sponsors like Adidas and Aviva to to help create a more LGBT-inclusive environment in, 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 in British sports, and in particular British soccer, because it's by far the most popular sport but but i think probably even more so than the nfl is in the united states just it's it's everything there and so they the manchester united came on as a member of what they call team pride which is um you know a a group of organizations trying to undermine uh, homophobia and transphobia in sports so man manchester united hosted this event that had about i don't know about 150 people it was some some activists some members of the media people from the football association and the premier league and the football players association and it was a series of discussion panels to talk about the current state of anti-lgbt bias in sports and coming out in sports, what quote unquote allies can do to help. So you know, it was it was it was it was a it was a great um, it was just about you know six to eight hours of people getting together, sharing ideas, sharing stories, uh, making acquaintances, uh, and making connections. It really felt like um, you know I, I think that uh, acceptance of LGBT people in the UK is. I don't know if it's five years ahead of, of the U.S., but it feels about right. In the sports world, the U.S. is five years ahead of the U.K. They are having conversations that we were having, and this event looked like something that we would have had about five years ago. So it's, it's just interesting that they're in the sports world, they're just, they're just kind of they're, – they're behind where we are. They are, they, they are. Well, what about the – the Premier League executive, I don't know if he's the head of it, who basically said, I wanted to talk to some gay people and gay players and no one would talk to me. What do you fill us in on that? That he was trying to do Wait, a strategy, trying to go around and try to, and he, he basically said something to the effect that he was trying to reach out. And when he went to women's soccer, he get all yeah. these females to talk to him, but he wanted to talk to right. gay, basically gay male players and he couldn't find anybody that would talk to him. Do you know what the background well, on that is? Yeah, well, so I wrote a I wrote a lengthy column today, kind of about my experience at the at the summit, and half of it is all these LGBT people saying how accepted they are in sports, 
and it was Keegan Hurst from rugby and Danny Watts from auto racing, and who came out after he retired, but still has found acceptance from the people who are in sports. Uh, and one of the people who was there was a woman a name uh, Sophie Cook, who is a photographer for the AFC Bournemouth, which is one of the Premier League teams. Sophie is transgender and transitioned a couple years ago while she was the photographer with the team. And when she decided to come out to the team, she assumed the front office would fire her, the players would reject her, and the fans would berate her for being transgender. And, of course, Jim, as you and I find and have been screaming from the top of the mountain for the last several years, she found the complete opposite. The front office committed to her contract. They were not going to let her go. When she told the players, they applauded her, and the fans, she said, have been nothing but wonderful and gracious to her. So you have these people like Sophie, a trans woman, who, and she even said, I look like a trans woman. I can't get around that. Everyone knows I'm trans when they see me. Uh, compare that to the, the, the negative side of, of the conversation, the laces, like with Greg Clark, the head of the FA, saying – the men's game is 20 years away from being inclusive. Uh, I, I can't even get players to talk to me um, who, are, who are gay. Uh, it's horrible. The fans are horrible. The players are horrible. I mean, he paints this horrible, horrible picture. In, instead of just listening to what is going on with LGBT people who are coming out in soccer and finding total unabashed acceptance. He is addicted to this idea that 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 it's a that it's a terrible place, and so he just keeps repeating the same things over and over again. How difficult it has come out, except the people who come out are totally accepted. It's just it's it's just you know it's for me it's a typical old straight white guy who just won't open his ears and listen. It also helps him evade responsibility for it. I mean, when his reaction could be, "Hey, we're behind. We have a problem in the fact that nobody's out. My door is open. I, what can I do? What can I would say? What can I do? And I would again just do what politicians call a listening tour. Just listen. Go and listen to LGBT athletes at all you know in all strata of British life. There's many out British Olympians he could talk to just about what what issues do they face and kind of trying to have an open door policy as opposed to saying well if I was a gay player why would I want to go to my commissioner and in essence tell him I'm gay not knowing if it may be used against me not knowing what what you're going to do with this information plus as you know coming out is such a personal thing you don't randomly walk in most people just tell their boss you know, they tell their parents and their friends, and maybe organically, depending on how close they are with their boss, they'll be able to just, well, hey, guess what, boss, I'm gay. And yeah. so his whole attitude really showed this idea that he had no clue and didn't wonder if he's even up, up to learning about it. Because all it would take would be to go to talk to, as we said, just dozens and dozens of athletes and people and LGBT people and, and get a sense of, okay, this is where the landscape is now. Hell, this guy should be talking to Billy Bean. Fly Billy Bean over in the off season and ask you know have Billy do seminars. I mean you know yeah. there are many way things he could have done and yet his attitude is by saying oh it's so terrible it makes it sound like he's concerned about it but it also helps him evade responsibility for taking any action to fix it. Yep. Yeah, and, and you know my my what I said in my piece is if you really wanted to listen and learn if you really wanted to find these out these players who are LGBT I, you you can find them. Because there are so many – it's not just the Premier League that the FA oversees. It's, it's seven or eight different levels of soccer. 
and you can find these people. There are a couple of them who are out. I, a guy named um, mm-hmm. Liam Davis, or a couple of them yeah. are out. So you can find them if you really, really want to. But that's why I said on my piece, I call bullshit. You're not trying. He's not trying. And 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 so you know he gets to he gets to look like he's trying without actually really doing it and doing what he can to support these people and elevate their voices. And that was sort of the media spin because I was I avoided writing about it since you were there, but it was seen the media seemed to simply take his side at face value, like lamenting, yep. oh, the you know, almost as if he was an innocent bystander who had no who had no say in this. It was like he was he was lamenting it, and they kind of accepted it. So it does show a problem, and it shows a problem with you know straight. Executives, especially older male executives who have a totally different way of thinking about this than people who are younger, and the only good news is they'll be they'll be out of their you know they'll be dying off soon, but yep. or, or retiring. But it's just, it's something that we still have to wrestle with, and it's a real institutionally structural problem that especially we face in professional sports. We should look look at my piece. I talk about a a a, a, a conversation I had at a table with a, an older executive. I did see that. I, had, I, I skimmed it last yeah. night as before. Yeah, that about the guy who basically spent ninety percent of the time talking. Yeah, and and just and and with two black men and two gay men at the table, he literally took up ninety percent of the time and then said, "So what's the solution? <laughs> You're the problem. Yeah. So let's get you out of the let's get you out of the way." But unfortunately, those people never really want to learn. So we just have to keep hammering it away. And, you know, maybe Greg Clark at some point will get a clue. But that's all the time we have for today. Uh, We had a long coming out stories this week. Uh, Everybody graduating and ending their school terms, it it, it plays hell on people getting their stories to us. So we're going to have more starting next week. And we will talk to you then.